whatever is true, whatever is worthy of respect, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if something is excellent or praiseworthy, think about these things. Like you said, Brian, we got to take captive at spear point these negative thoughts, and then we need to replace them with these things that uh, Paul talks about in Philippians. And Paul doesn't say, let's focus on happiness or being happy. He's saying, focus on these positive things, and that's going to go a long way in adjusting your mind, your heart, and your attitude. Absolutely. If you're looking for the bad, if you're looking for the negative, you're going to find it. All if right. If you're looking for the positive, you're going to find it. You may be one choice away from a thriving marriage. Welcome to the Operation Thriving Marriage Podcast with Brian and Jennifer Hartman. So welcome back to the Operation Thriving Marriage Podcast. We are now recording this in the weather change here in Michigan. So no longer t-shirts and shorts. Well, actually, it's Michigan. So depending on the day. you Later could... in the week, I'm telling you, it's well, going to actually... be shorts and a t-shirt. Then we're going to be bundled up. It could be later today, potentially. We could be. I That's mean, right. we're, we're sweater sweater weather right now, but this afternoon we may still be going to the lake and go swimming. Oh, yeah. And love love the fall colors as, as those are busting out. So, sweetheart, how would you define happiness? Okay. Well, what's rolling into my mind about happiness, of course, is going to be songs. So, you know, you've got... Pharrell. That's right. Pharrell. We're clapping along. If, if you feel like you got a... Uh, a room without a roof, whatever that means. I don't know what that means, but I'm happy. That, you know, that, that's just... <laughs> right. We're just happy and we're clapping and having a fantastic time. Um, shout out to our our kids' uh, music teacher in elementary school who uh, rolled that out there. So here's to you, Jeffrey. But uh, I, I think a lot of times happiness it's it's the the feeling of elation and you know things are going your way or you just accomplished something or something really cool happened or something fun happened. Maybe your your favorite team won a game or you know again something cool happened uh, to you or somebody that you love. Yeah, I think a lot of people, and this is what we talk about a lot in the um, the conferences and the seminars that we do too, it's people think of happiness as warm emotion or mm-hmm. positive feelings. And so we talk a lot about, you know, marriage isn't about happiness. It's about holiness. Happiness is still important, though. And I think it's important to, like, understand really what happiness is because unhappy marriages aren't thriving. Well, sure, because I mean, who doesn't want to be happy, you know, within your marriage or or experience things things outside of your marriage? It's like people just want to be happy, and and that's just a reality. And I think that a lot of times spouses will even ask each other, "Are you happy?" Yeah, absolutely. I think it helps to kind of define our terms here. I was reading an article about this, and Doctor, I'm going to destroy this name. I'm sorry, Doc. Emiliana. Um, sure. Yeah, Emiliana Simon Thomas. Um, She's a happiness researcher. Oh, I remember you talking about this. Yeah, so this was really an interesting thing. And she says, happiness is generally feeling good. It's easy to experience pleasant emotions when things are going well. You feel like you matter, like your life is worthwhile and that what you do is of value to something beyond yourself. So that's her definition. It's you can experience pleasant emotions. You generally feel good. That's what happiness is, just this normal, positive, I just, I, I, I feel good. You know, I don't, Mm -hmm. I I don't feel down. And so, like we said, happiness isn't the goal of marriage because happiness in the sense of, I feel good that I won this prize. I feel good that I got this promotion at work. 
I feel good that my kids just came and ran up to me and give me a big hug. Those feelings are great and wonderful, and we want you to have lots of those feelings because it's it, it it's uh, it feels good, but it's fleeting and it's not something that can ever last for a long time. Right. It's it's not it's not sustainable in and of itself. Absolutely. It's like happy moments, but it's it's not just you know just just feeling. Uh, on this uh, emotion of, of happy consistently and just surfing that wave for years and years. And it's when you try for that, it's one of these things where you've got to find the next thrill, right? The mm-hmm. next, I mean, and so those people that are really into thrill rides and um, danger seekers and stuff like that, you've got, okay, that one roller coaster isn't thrilling enough anymore. I've got to do the next thing. And now you've got people skydiving and then, oh, that's not thrilling enough. Now they're base jumping and sure. whatever it is. You, when you're seeking after that, um, you've got to kind of constantly find the next thing. It's also unfair, though, in marriage to make your spouse responsible for your happiness because they can't control it. Yeah, that 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 is that's a big imposition uh, on a spouse to to say, you now are the individual who is responsible for my happiness forever and ever. I mean, that that's a big job and uh, another person just can't do that. Yeah. It, I mean, regardless of how amazing your spouse is, just Which can't. Jen is. I'm sorry you guys aren't married to Jen. Come on but, now. Yeah, it's just no one can control you enough to make sure you're always happy. And like we said, that like we say all the time, that's not God's purpose for marriage. But that doesn't mean that God doesn't want you to be happy. You know, you read through the Psalms, you read through Scripture, it, there are times when God actually takes us through things that are difficult, that are struggles, because he's preparing us for something, or that, or we have done something and there's a natural consequence, and I don't want to get too much into theology, sometimes God is taking us through something to build us and grow us, sometimes we sin, and we have to face the natural repercussions of that. But that doesn't mean God doesn't want us to be happy, but he does want us to make sure we prioritize happiness correctly. And also God leaves us with, this is the day the Lord has made. Let's rejoice and be glad in it. Just because God has given us the gift of this day, we know that his mercies are new every morning. We do have a lot of things to to be happy about and enjoy that aspect about it, even though we're not delighted by life's circumstances every moment of every day. Absolutely. And so happiness is a good thing. Happiness is important. Um, and we're going to get into that. But something that really stood out in that article I was telling you about, sweetheart, uh, uh-huh. here's some of the statistics. And um, for those of you listening, I will put a link to the article in the show notes on this so you guys can check out that article as well if you're interested. The U.S. ranks 15th in the world in happiness. So we don't even crack the top 10 wow. in happiness in our country. Now, you think, I mean, there's a lot of countries in the world. So we are, I want to make sure we're caging this correctly. We're still really happy compared to a lot of other countries sure. in the world, but we're not often as where we think we ought to be. And it's interesting, from 2018 to 2022, people in the U.S. who said they were very happy dropped from 25% to 18%. So in 2018, 25% of the people surveyed said they were very happy. In 2022, only 18%. Now, we know, of course, there was a lot of stuff going on between 2018 and 2022. Sure. But still, that's a huge 
drop. And then the latest World Happiness Report, global unhappiness is at an all-time high. So this isn't just an American thing. Throughout the world, we are becoming less happy. Yeah, and you, you just kind of wonder why that, why exactly that is, and, and there's a conglomeration of different factors coming in. But bottom line is, what do you do about that? How do you manage that in your marriage? Because happiness ultimately is important because happy people are known to be making better decisions. Yeah. Um, happy people are going to be more resilient, more gritty, as as Brian and I like to put that. Uh, happy people are healthier, and and you hear a lot about that mind over matter. You hear people who laugh themselves out of illnesses sometimes uh, because that's better for your body. Happy people are sleeping better. And who wouldn't like to sleep better? Oh, isn't that the truth? And happy people are more innovative. And I, I think that that's across the board in, in life, in their career fields. And that, of course, can help their careers and bring them more happiness there, a, a lovely cycle. Happy people um, can find more and better uh, solutions to problems. So, you know, again, that can be something that's putting you on a lovely positive cycle there. Yeah, happiness is just, in general, happiness is important. When you're happy, life is better. But this is true in marriage as well. So here's some things that happen if you're unhappy in your marriage. If you're, And this isn't just you're unhappy in your marriage. If you're just unhappy in life, because sometimes it's not the specific relationship. It's just you're dealing with things you're unhappy. If you're unhappy in general, you're going to be dissatisfied with your marriage. You're going to be less satisfied with your marriage relationship if you're unhappy. Um, there's more frequent marital conflict. You just, it, when you're unhappy, you just kind of get cranky. But then you have the degree stability to resolve marital conflict. So not only do you have more conflict, not only are you more dissatisfied with your marriage, now you can't resolve the conflict. And it just creates this cycle of making things more and more difficult in your marriage. And that's an awful thing. Uh, and because we we want you to have a healthy and thriving marriage. And now that we're understanding that happiness and your perspective, your view, your outlook has such a huge impact on your marriage. And here's the best thing about it, though. And this is the thing I love when we research happiness and we read the articles and psychiatrists and you listen to what they're saying. You can actually improve your happiness. And so sometimes... Which is great. Sometimes, and when we look at it from the sense of this general well-being, generally feeling good, and ability to experience positive emotions. You can't necessarily control when those positive experiences happen. And that's, we've got to change true. that difference. Like we were talking about at the beginning of this, defining happiness, the contextual happiness you can't control, but you can control your outlook and perspective to have that general well-being being that's going to lead you to be able to experience more positive emotions. And that's the happiness that we're talking about in this case. And you can improve that. Not only can you improve that, you are responsible for your own happiness. You can't put that on anyone else because no one can control your inner life. That's so true. And I, I think, again, it's it's unfair to put that on a spouse, particularly the most remarkable of spouses, because that that spouse can't change your perspective or your attitude, but your spouse is able to, of course, do things that can kind of give you some one-off happiness. And while 
I think that's very appreciated. It's it's important for that individual to know that they're responsible for their own happiness. Absolutely. And so we want to share with you some stuff that will help you improve your happiness. Oh, I know what this is. Is that this is the CPR, right? Yeah, chest compressions, you know, no. Okay. So no, it's abbreviated CPR. We're going to talk about this starting off with the C in that, which is connection. And this is where marriage can help your happiness. And this is for you to focus daily on connecting with your spouse. Uh, we, we talk about this time and time again, where expressing gratitude to your spouse, that's going to help with happiness because those those compliments and getting sincere compliments, getting feedback from your spouse uh, about that is great. Uh, I'm I'm so grateful that you you helped us out with uh, our family out with the kids in the morning. I, I'm so grateful that you prepared a, a tasty meal and that you're helping me coordinate schedules and and do different things like that. I think that uh, ex- expressing those things and being specific is is great. Those compliments are fantastic too. Like love that new shirt. You look look fantastic. Uh, you have a fantastic new hairdo, whatever that that kind of thing would be. You're looking really hot today. I'm, I'm sure are, every spouse. Way. Oh, come on now. But, um, but I, I want to say something, though, about the compliments, because sure. I think it's important. It's the common thing. The easy thing is those appearance compliments. I'm going to pl- say superficial, and I don't mean superficial as in not valuable, but it's just the obvious external stuff. But if you really want to build your happiness and that and your connectivity with your spouse compliment your spouse on the things they find important to them mm-hmm. and so certainly i mean looking good everyone wants to look good they feel you feel good when you look good when you feel like you look good you feel those things but also what are the things that are important to your spouse jen as a lawyer i mean some things that are really important to you is how well you're doing in your professional career and sure. you being the primary breadwinner how you're providing for the family. So I think, and tell the audience right now, I mean, if I'm wrong, but I think complimenting you on those things, I try to focus on those too. It's not just you look great today, which you do, but- And thank you. You do a good job or thank you for this, or you'll share a story with me about what you've done. And I try to come, hey, that was really good lawyering or that was really good connection with your client there. That was smart how you- manipulated that in a positive way in that mediation to move things along so that you guys could come up with a resolution. Also, thank you for that. Um, <laughs> you can't see the Irish lawyer blushing right here, but uh, I am doing that right now. But I I, I think, again, those specific compliments um, about uh, what what who your spouse is their their appearance you know what what they they do for the family that's very appreciated I, I think another thing to connect with your spouse can be spend time doing things you enjoy together like Brian and I are having uh, lunch with some friends of ours tomorrow at a favorite Greek restaurant uh, in Ann Arbor so I think we're gonna have a really good time uh, doing that and uh, that can be a nice connection point and also um express affection oh that's just sweet. Yes. You want to build that connection with your spouse, express affection. Stereotypically, this is harder for guys than women. That's not always the case, but stereotypically, but it's like just, I mean, saying I love you goes a long way. Mm-hmm. Expressing that you find your spouse attractive, expressing that you have that that connection in um, that love. And then also touch builds connection holding hands, um, sitting next to each other, even if you're just sitting close to each other in church, 
and so that your hips are touching each other because you're that close to each other, that builds connection with your spouse as well. Mm-hmm. Walking past your spouse in the kitchen, just kind of put your hand on their shoulder or on their back, you know, squeeze their hand, hold hands. I, I think that's a great thing. Another thing is spending time with friends. We talked about going out uh, to lunch with some friends tomorrow, but uh, there's a lot of other things that, that you can do to, to connect up, which is uh, getting coffee together, going on a walk together just different things like that to, to make sure that you're connecting. Yeah. So connection is not just in marriage. Mm-hmm. Another thing is connecting with your church family. You talked about being at church before, but Hebrews 10 talks about this and let us take thought of how to spur uh, one another on to love and good works, not abandoning our own meetings as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging each other and even more so because you see the day drawing near. Yeah. Connecting with, I mean, that's something clearly from scripture but connecting with your church family, again, building that connection is going to improve your happiness. And here's the thing. Prioritize human connection IRL. So important um, in real life. Virtual connection helps. And we experienced this during the COVID-19 pandemic. Hey, it was great that we had Zoom. Even so grateful for that. All when of we us couldn't be together. All of us Gen Xers who grew up with the Muppet Show thought we were watching the Muppet Show all over again with all the little boxes on the screen. Yeah, throwback. <laughs> Not so bad. Start singing, everybody. But it's virtual connection helps, but it's not a substitute for connection in person. We're meant for, we're built for, created for in-person connection. And we saw this during the COVID-19 pandemic of the increase in suicide, the increase in mental health problems because of that isolation. The most stringent, worst thing we do in our penal system is put someone in solitary confinement, take them away from human contact. If you want to improve your happiness, you've got to build that connection and don't think that, well, I just Zoom with my family or WhatsApp or whatever virtual thing you're doing um, is going to solve that. You've got to have that in real person. So the CPR, the C is connection, but the P is positivity. Yep. And positivity means figuring out how you can savor experiences that are enjoyable and prioritize experiences that really provide genuine and lasting joy. It's really having a positive outlook, looking at things. And this is something we, we talk with our kids a lot about this. I mean, this is well known. If you think more positively about a situation, it's the confirmation bias. Kind of mm-hmm. like if you're thinking about a red car, you're going to see more red cars on the road. This is psych 101. If you've been to college, you know, all this stuff. Well, this isn't the secret or all that mumbo jumbo that came out in the late 90s and early 2000s about putting good thoughts out in the universe. The universe is not sentient. God is God, not the universe. But if you're thinking positive thoughts, you're going to notice more positive things. It's just a confirmation bias. And so you can hack your brain by taking those negative thoughts captive and thinking positive thoughts because then you'll be more aware of the positive things around you because you're conditioning your brain to find them and look for them. It's kind of like playing Where's Waldo? Only Waldo's a lot easier to find because you're thinking about that was the problem with the game. They had all these red and white stripes that weren't Waldo, but you were looking for red and white stripes. What are you looking for in your life? And that's going to affect what you think about. And I think that positivity, that 
kind of rubs off on the people around you. And what I was thinking about was uh, the Peter Pan movie. You know, Peter Pan is saying you got to think happy thoughts to be able to fly. And we got the pixie dust. And I'm thinking of Nana the dog. You know, she she even goes along with that. And then she's flying up in the air uh, to kind of uh, tethered down to her dog house. Poor but, dog. Yeah, poor dog there. But uh, nevertheless, that those uh, those thoughts were instrumental in that fictional uh, version, getting people to fly. Um, but the idea of thinking that these positive thoughts, we're quoting from Philippians 4, finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is worthy of respect, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if something is excellent or praiseworthy, think about these things. Like you said, Brian, we got to take captive at spear point these negative thoughts, and then we need to replace them with these things that uh, Paul talks about in Philippians. And Paul doesn't say, let's focus on happiness or being happy. He's saying, focus on these positive things, and that's going to go a long way in adjusting your mind, your heart, and your attitude. Absolutely. If you're looking for the bad, if you're looking for the negative, you're going to find it. All if right. you're looking for the positive, you'll find it. That That's exactly it. So we talk about the CPR, the, the idea of connection and positivity. The last one I think is fabulous. It's the resilience. And it is so important to be resilient and to be able to bounce back. And what I will say is when I'm feeling unhappy in, in life and I'm having a hard time, I do need to make sure that I'm, I'm acknowledging that, but I also need to make sure that I'm not lingering in that or staying in that. So I, I think a lot of it is taking care of yourself. And some of that has to do with things physically speaking. You got to exercise. Um, you might be rolling your eyes, but exercising does make you more resilient and able to bounce back when it comes to conflicts or other different situations, endorphins hit when you're exercising, and that's just real. Well, not only that, the physiology of exercise, too, is um, we talk about this in our conferences a lot when we talk about dealing with anger and conflict. The healthier you are, the easier it is to resolve language because mm -hmm. part of what happens is your body responds to negative emotions in specific physiological ways your heart rate goes up, the mm -hmm. fight or flight, all that stuff. So having cardiovascular health means your heart rate can come back down quicker, your body can respond, and all of that stuff, you can expunge those hormones that got you in that heightened state yes. and get through that back into your, your baseline, which generally will be good if you're working on your happiness. And other things to take care of yourself, drink water, I really got involved uh, within the last couple of months. I'm drinking a lot of water, and I think that's very helpful uh, just because my body isn't lacking for that. So I'm on a more even keel thing as my body's designed to be. And it, it's great to just fill up that water bottle, fill it up again, make sure you're getting the water that you need. Well, and Jonathan's language arts teacher taught us something about this too, which I, I mean, language arts teacher is teaching us something about this. I didn't know this until she put it out in something for curriculum might, but it makes total sense. When you're well hydrated, the water helps wash out the cortisol, which is the stress hormone when you're stressed. Sure. Cortisol. So you're, when you're well hydrated, your body processes that cortisol out. 
it's going to reduce your stress and you're going to be more resilient. Thank you, Miss Bryant. Drink more water, right? <laughs> Another thing, again, don't roll your eyes, eat healthy. Eating healthy is so important to make sure that your body's equipped, has the right nutrients to do what it needs to do. You've heard this before. I will say I love my chocolate pistachio croissant. That brings me great happiness, but I can't eat that every day or I'm going to have all kinds of problems. So it's it's the idea of that kind of moderation and things like that. Well, Be thanks healthy. For, thanks for bringing that up, though, because a lot of times people get on that. There's this um, a Scottish guy that I watch on um, YouTube. He does, he's a fitness guy and talks about eating healthy. He better keep his kilt where it belongs. That's all I got to <laughs> say. But um, you're not going to stick with a diet. You're not going to maintain your resilience if you focus so much on all you're doing is eating food that you don't like the taste of. Sure. Eat food that you like, but everything in moderation. Mm-hmm. You know, so to be more resilient, you want to eat healthy. But if you want to be more positive, sometimes you need to have that chocolate pistachio croissant. That's right. Sometimes you just have to have that. So, <laughs> you know, some, sometimes for me, and, and that can, I know for me, when I, I was pregnant, if you guys know me, I am awful at being pregnant because my body rebels. I get this condition called hyperemesis gravidarum. We have two kids. We're very happy with just the two kids, but my body's just not liking being pregnant. It's like morning sickness times a thousand affects half a percent of women. Um, But for me, sometimes it was like, I am looking forward to getting my orange scone that I put aside for once a week, because if I'm miserable and dealing with the the awfulness of of experiencing pregnancy, you know that that would help push me through and get me to some positive things. But if I had it every day, we would have had all kinds of problems. So, and if you're not happy in that general sense of well being, then you're not going to be able to enjoy the orange scone as much. Sure. And so that's part of the resilience. So it's like you eat healthy, so that when you have the orange scone, you're in the position to be able to enjoy that. And then other resilient things that you can do is spend time doing things you enjoy. Mm -hmm. I love riding my motorcycle. I enjoy that. And that makes me more resilient. And spending time in nature is another thing that's going to help build your resilience. And that's huge because that's also scientifically been proven, spend time in nature. So I'm going to brag about my friend Lisa and myself from this past uh, Saturday because we were spending time together. We took a walk through the woods. There are these beautiful paths that we were able to go through. So it was something that I enjoyed. It was exercise. It was being with a friend. We even walked up to a coffee shop and, and got a latte and a scone. So all kinds of happiness coming down on Saturday and combining those things things together, I think can be terrific. So yes, uh, improving happiness, CPR, that, that connecting the positivity and that resilience. So marriage isn't about happiness. Nope. It's about holiness. That's right. But unhappiness can create significant long-term problems for your marriage. You, not your spouse, are responsible for your happiness. So we want you to improve your happiness through focusing on your CPR, on connection, positively, and resilience. Thank you guys so much for listening to the Operation Thriving Marriage podcast. We look forward to talking to you again soon. Jen and I started Operation Thriving Marriage to help couples and churches take marriages from merely surviving to thriving. We've got our book, we've got a blog and resources for our coaching ministry, and you can bring us out for an Operation Thriving Marriage experience. For more information, go to operationthrivingmarriage.com. That's operationthrivingmarriage.com.